Welcome back to the Ghost Podcast. It's Clover here. And on today's show, I'll be interviewing my co-host, Rosemary. She's got a personal story with emotional ghosting that I can't wait to hear. So, Rosemary, where do you want to start? Hey, Clover. Excited to be doing our second episode. Um, First, I want to say that Rosemary is not my real name. And nobody's real name is used today in anything that I'm going to mention, but all of the other facts are real. At least they're real from my point of view, because this is a story about ghosting. So I don't have the other person's side of the story. I want to start by saying that I think that ghosting is about power. And when I got ghosted by this person that I felt close to, the first emotion was feeling really overwhelmingly powerless. And that was really intense and it was really hard because you can literally do nothing. And this person who cuts off communication, it's like they hold this power over you and refusing to communicate with you. And that's what makes it feel so intense and so violating because you just don't know what you did or what happened. And maybe it's not even about you, you just don't know. And that intensity of that powerlessness feeling can vary based on how close you are to that person. But in this case, I feel like this person invited me to be close and they encouraged it. And then they walked away and it was pretty devastating to me in the moment. And then when it happened, I was talking to you, Clover, and you were going through the same thing. I said, we need to write an article about this because nobody's talking about it. And you had the idea to do a podcast. And that was amazing. And it really gave me something to focus on. And it felt like I got my voice back and I had a chance to have a say in this narrative. So I want to say thank you, Clover, for being a co-host with me and helping me to do this. Oh, you are so welcome, Rosemary. I have been really enjoying all of the conversations and work we've been putting into this and really just love that this is our channel for getting our voices out there and other voices to come. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you wound up in online dating world? Yeah, so I've been on online dating for a little bit over a year. And by now, I feel like I've kind of had all of the different kind of experiences you would expect and not all bad. I've met a lot of really interesting people and I've made a lot of connections. And I feel like I've also learned a lot about how dating has changed. Prior to online dating, I was with the same person for 12 years and I actually met my ex-husband on OkCupid. So I'm not new to online dating, but back then it was pretty new and it was almost embarrassing to admit that you met uh, online back then and it's now normal. So it's been interesting to see how that entire dating culture has really changed from 12 years ago to now, at least in my opinion, it's changed a lot. It has changed so much. I met my ex-wife on MySpace, I think. We may have talked about that, but it is so different from the world that it was in of things like I was just remembering hot or not and other dating things and just the communication style and everything about it was different. Um, So I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I think, of course, we know that we have the swipe culture, which was made famous by Tinder, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's obviously changed the entire way that we think about dating you know, who even reads profiles now? I don't read profiles. Do you read profiles, Clover? I do read profiles. Uh, That's interesting. I don't, I don't read profiles. I'll admit that, you know, and with 
the swipe culture, it's, I think that it's really changed how casual connections are. And there's this feeling out there that there's just so many options. It's just a swipe away to find somebody else. So why spend any more time on somebody who doesn't seem worth it? They, you know, why spend any more time than you have to? And I think that that might also contribute to the ghosting culture. Let's talk a little bit more about your actual ghosting experience. Yeah, so the kind of ghosting that I want to talk about today is not what I call chatting ghosting. So chatting ghosting is when you're chatting with someone and then they just stop responding to you for whatever reason. Uh, the kind of ghosting I want to talk about today is what I have been calling emotional ghosting. So the first time that this happened to me, it was pretty early on when I just started online dating with a woman I had met. And we met in person pretty quickly and we had one day over dinner. Um, right after our first date, she started texting me pretty intensely um, things about how much she liked me and how she wanted to see me again. And it was pretty overwhelming actually, but I went with it, you know, I liked her and I was attracted to her, but I feel like she really set this tone and I just went with it. Um, right after we had our first date, she went on vacation and the whole time she was on vacation, she kept texting me with that same level of intensity. You know, she missed me. She wanted to see me again. She couldn't wait to see me. When she got back from her vacation, we had our second date. And then after that, I never heard from her again. That had never happened to me before. So I was like, whoa, like what just happened? It was a completely new experience for me. And honestly, at the time, it was pretty painful because I felt like she created this level of intense emotional connection and then just cut it off with no explanation. I didn't even really know the term ghosting at the time. I just thought it was something with her. And after that, I feel like I just figured it out that ghosting was a thing, that connections were just casual. And I just had to teach my brain just to expect people to not show up. And this was actually hard for me to do. I don't think I'm always the best person at expressing my emotions, but it does feel strange to me to not be direct with someone if I've connected with them at an emotional level, just to not tell them if I don't want to see them again. I can see why people do it. I can see the appeal. It is so much easier to just ignore people, right? But it also just feels wrong to me. So I guess I just got used to expecting people to not communicate and it worked actually. I was able to start dating casually and to not get too attached to anybody. And I wasn't necessarily happy or sad and I just thought that that's how it would be. And then I met this person that I'm calling John. What was so different about him? Everything was different, just everything from the very beginning. So the first time that we met in person, he gave me a hug. And I'm not somebody who likes physical touch a lot, especially when it's somebody that I don't know. You know, a lot of times when I meet someone on a first date, they want to hug me and I don't like that. I usually feels very strange to me that somebody I don't know is trying to give me a hug, but he gave me a hug and it just felt amazing. And I don't know why I can't explain it. I just immediately had this feeling of being really safe and secure and just like, I didn't want to ever let go. And he told me that he felt the same way. I feel like that's one thing about this story that is just really fucked up because every step of the way 
he told me that we were on the same page and he fully communicated with me until he didn't, until he ghosted me. So right from the beginning, right from when we first met, I feel like his entire approach with me was based on communication. And we had this really amazing communication that he really initiated. He had really great communication skills. He knew how to do it. And not everybody has that. I feel like I've been ghosted by people before who probably just didn't have good communication skills. And maybe that was actually why I got ghosted. And I don't think that was the case here. I think that he really understood the importance of communication and he did it well and he did it often. That was actually why I liked him so much right away. I felt really safe. Like I had a place to talk to him and to be honest with him and that he was very honest and genuine with me and that I didn't have to be guarded or careful with what I said. As an example, on our first date, he told me that he could tell that I was emotionally vulnerable and he made it a point to reach out to talk to me and to make me feel safe, like I could talk to him. And on our first date, we spent almost 24 hours together. And then after that, we talked for two more hours on the phone. And it just seemed really real and really genuine. And of course, now I've gone over it a million times because now I think, how could I have been so stupid? Because everything felt amazing and there was no warning signs and I felt so happy. And now I just feel like I was really stupid. That's a super hard feeling to deal with, but I want to reiterate what I've reiterated personally to you, that you are not fucking stupid. I want to dig a little bit deeper on this with you. Um, So can you tell me a couple of the things that he may have said to you? Yeah. When I feel like I'm getting close to somebody or I meet somebody that I really like, one of the things I do is I kind of shut down a little bit because I get a little bit nervous or scared of getting close to them and then being rejected, which I think is a feeling that a lot of people have. So I was like that with him and I was pretty quiet and closed off and he sensed that right away. And we were having a phone conversation when this came up and I told him, yes, I know this about myself and I can explain to you why I'm like this. And he said over the phone, don't tell me now. I want you to wait and explain this to me in person because I want you to look me in my eyes. I want to see your eyes. I want you to see my reaction. I want you to see mine. And again, just reiterating that importance of communication. And we did have that conversation in person and I did tell him my history and he still made the choice to do what he did later. So what happened after that? So after our first date, we were in pretty much constant communication the whole week, Um, lots of texting and phone calls. He called me every day after work, reached out to tell me how much he liked me. He sent me all these sappy songs about how much he was thinking about me. You know, all that bullshit somebody does when you first meet them. So when did you see him after that? So after that, we spent the next weekend together, Friday to Sunday. And we spent it at my house. It was a lot of really intense emotional and physical intimacy, which is what happens when you're getting to know someone and you spend a lot of time together. We went to the store together and we were like that annoying PDA couple you see in public who can't stop touching and kissing each other. 
It was also really domestic. I cooked and he did all this yard work for me, which now I'm just like, why? Why did he do all that stuff for me? I mean, did he have some kind of hero complex? I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. And I gave him all this information about myself that I really don't tell people very often. And it was things that I haven't talked about in years and things that were really painful to me and things that made me cry. And I don't tell people these things about myself very easily. And it was really hard for me. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I told him all these things. And I think in telling him these things, he knew exactly what the impact would be on me when he cut off communication the way he did later. And I don't need to go into detail of everything we did, but as you can imagine, when you spend a lot of time with someone, we shared a lot of information about each other. And I feel, I don't know, maybe he feels differently, but I feel like we got really close. I feel like I had that safe place to talk to him. And if there was something that we talked about or something that came up, I just don't understand why he wouldn't have just continued having conversations with me, why he would have just cut off communication. I didn't have any feeling like he wouldn't have continued speaking with me about anything later on. I just, I just don't know. That's the thing. I don't know his side of the story. And that's the point of ghosting. It's just fucked up. And right before he left, we talked about some projects he wanted to do the next time he came to my house and then he left. So it was all totally normal. Yep. It was totally normal. So when did you realize that it was actually a ghost? So later that night, I had sent him a text message just saying that I had thought about some of the things we talked about, that I didn't feel maybe I had the best reaction in the moment or some things I wanted to think about more and talk about later and asked if we could talk next week about those things. And I didn't hear anything back. And I was like, okay, well, I know we did just spend three days together. And then I didn't hear anything on Monday. And by the time I didn't hear anything back on Monday afternoon, I started to get a feeling. And then by Monday night, I felt pretty sure about it. He did call me back on Tuesday at nine o'clock, but I was on a work call, which is probably why he called me at that time, because he probably knew I couldn't take it. And I called and texted him several times with no response. How were you feeling at that moment? I felt... I felt devastated. I had poured my heart out to this person. He had spent time with me and he knew how it would make me feel to ghost me because I'd explained it to him. And he obviously just didn't care. And at first I was really frantic. I felt crazy, like what is going on? And then I felt really crazier for feeling crazy. You know, that feeling like you just don't know what was happening. And I was really upset and I was crying. And that's something else about this silent treatment, this person that it's done to, it has this effect of making them feel like they're the crazy person, like they're overreacting or they're being overly emotional. But I was just going on the way that we had been like some dumb fuck, not knowing all the rules had changed. And that, that makes you feel really, really fucking stupid and embarrassed and really hurt. And it felt like violence. It felt like I had no power and I was powerless and I was hurt and I couldn't do anything about it. And violence, it's not just the act of doing something to someone. Violence causes hurt and violence can be an act of withholding something from someone and purposely making them feel powerless by treating them like they're invisible. 
And violence can result from doing nothing when you should be doing something. And I started to feel really, really violated because I didn't see this coming. And because if there was any indication of this happening and I would never have gotten so close to him and I've never shared so much of myself. And I felt ashamed and I felt disgusted and I felt embarrassed and I felt physically ill that I had let this person touch me and I had touched him and it was all a fucking illusion. He encouraged me to lean in and to give my heart to him. And it was all a big fucking lie. And I felt like it was my fault and I did something to deserve this and that I am a stupid person and I should have seen this coming and I did something wrong and that there's something wrong with me because I wanted answers and because I felt crazy when I didn't get them. And of course, that's the thing. As women, we're taught to think that we deserve it and we ask for it and we're overly emotional, which we know is a fucking fallacy. It's so a fallacy. Yeah, but that's what you think in the moment. And I feel completely disrespected as a woman and as a person and as a fucking human being. And I feel like I am garbage to this person who can treat me like a piece of fucking trash, who can't even be bothered to take the time to text me, let alone even have a conversation with me, but can take the time to post on Instagram. And this guy, he thinks he's a fucking feminist. John, you're not a feminist. If this is how you treat women, then you are part of the problem. And I thought about it a lot, Clover. Should I keep trying to reach out? Should I try to demand that he talk to me and give me an answer and tell me why he's doing this? But every time I thought about trying to reach out to him, I just felt so repulsed and so disgusted. I actually felt sick to my stomach at the thought of talking to him. And this emotional violence comparison just kept coming back to me. And the power that John took and the cruelty he had in withholding that communication from me when he knew exactly how that would make me feel, it's just fucked up. And I just, it's just not acceptable. And I feel like it's emotional violence, but it's a thing and it's normalized and people just say it's just ghosting. And so I had to do something and I had to share my story and I wanted to take back my narrative. So here we are. Thanks for sharing that really challenging story. If you could say something, anything to John right now, what would it be? Would you want to know why he ghosted you? No, it doesn't matter to me why he ghosted me or why he doesn't want to see anymore. I don't care. I don't fucking care why, because why is not the point. If he'd given me a chance to have a conversation or even just said he doesn't want to see me anymore with no explanation or for some stupid reason, that would have been painful, but it'd be a different story and we wouldn't be here today talking about it. And that's something else about this emotional violence. It's so hurtful. It makes the ghosted person question everything that's ever happened. Was everything a lie and was anything real? If he had said something to me like, oh, I like you, but I can't date you because whatever. I mean, that would feel completely different. I might not like it, but it wouldn't make me question if the entire experience was a lie and if it was all in my head. And that, that really fucks with a person's mind and it really damages their ability to trust in the future. 
But the point is he didn't give me a chance to have a conversation. And the point is he took that power away and he devastated me. And I would want him to know, first of all, fuck you. And two, I am taking the narrative back. You chose not to tell a story and not to have a conversation. So I'm telling it and I'm going to tell my story. And what you did, that's not fucking cool. And you need to know that it's disrespectful and it's hurtful. I need to own it and not do it again to anyone. And for all the ghosters out there, maybe you jumped in too fast and too soon. And maybe you said some shit you didn't mean. If so, clean up your fucking mess. Don't just walk away. Reach deep and pull your heart out of the garbage disposal and grow a little as a human. But he probably won't own it. He's probably done it before. Might do it again. And honestly, he probably won't own it because people come up with all kinds of self-justification for their own bad behavior. They have all this mental effort just to avoid owning it. How can somebody go from being so good to so bad? And it just feels so unnecessary. It wouldn't take that much just to not be so terrible. Just takes a little bit of effort. Just be a little bit less terrible, but that's just too much for some people. (laughs) (laughs) How long ago was this? And how do you feel now? Wasn't not that long ago, July of 2021, for any future listeners. I feel sad. I feel depressed, mainly that the world is like this and that this happens all the time to so many people. But then I put on some music and I started writing the script of this podcast. And this is my fucking rage baby. (laughs) Okay, okay. But what music were you listening to? I was mostly listening to the 1996 album Enema from Tool, which is my favorite Rage Baby album, and some L7, which is my favorite punk band. That's awesome. Clover, I want to say something else, that this story, it's not just about me not being able to get over some guy I spent a few days with, and it's not just about some crush I have that I can't get over. And if people hear this story and they walk away thinking that, then I really failed in telling this story. Because this story is not about John. It's not even about me, really. It's about what he did. It's about this process ghosters do of drawing people in and then cutting them off. It's about this idea of this silent treatment, which is an act of emotional violence and how it's just completely normalized. And it's about how no one is talking about this. And there's a couple articles out there on the internet and they basically just say, oh, well, the person who did it is just obviously messed up and you're better off without them. So get over it, move on. And it's about how damaging this is in the moment and for so many moments afterwards. And it can actually leave people feeling like actual ghosts in some senses. And it's about acceptance of this as normal. And it's not normal, not until the last few years or so. And I just personally, I don't accept it. And I don't think our society should accept this hurtful practice as something that's okay to do. And that's the story I really want to talk about. And because I want to understand, because I don't, I just don't understand how someone can encourage this closeness and then just walk away. I mean, because obviously I am better off without this person in my life if he thought so little of me. And as to why he doesn't want to see me anymore, I'm sure it's not even about me. I mean, the whole thing says a lot more about him than me, but This is his legacy to me. This is now part of my story. Every new person I meet, this is now something I'm going to think about. And it's part of my framework. It doesn't define me, but this is now my new starting place. So you talk about this concept of emotional violence. Do you think 
that this is also emotional abuse? And what do you think the difference is? That's a good question. I'm not a therapist, obviously, so I'm not an expert on those terms. The reason I use those terms for me personally in my own experiences is words like violence and rape is they seem almost like crimes of opportunity, almost thoughtless. And I almost feel like that's how ghosting is. I seriously doubt that John has put as much thought into what happened as I have. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like the people who do ghosting and I'd love to hear their side of the story someday, they commit these acts of cutting off communication and then they just move on with their lives. And I don't know if they really realize the impact of what their actions mean and what they do to the people they ghost, that it haunts their victims for lack of a better word. And that it can continue to shatter their world and devastate them. And it can leave them hurt and broken and literal ghosts in some sense and in some ways and for some time. And my hope is that these stories and this podcast that we're going to start a conversation and we're gonna get people thinking about this and people will realize that ghosting is not just some fucking cool word to use when you don't wanna see somebody anymore. And that ghosting will go back to a deep dark corner of shame and out of the light of normalcy. I think you are so spot on with that and in my hopes as well for this podcast. Thank you so much for telling us that. I, I'm sure that it was hard to kind of hash back through that just the story. It's not an easy story to tell no matter how much time and work you've done to get through it. So thank you so much for sharing that. We want to hear your stories. You guys can find us throughout the web. We have a website. So please check us out at theghostpodcast.com. We also have a lively Instagram. It's called the Ghost Podcast Revolution. So find us on there. Follow us on Instagram so you can keep up with what's coming. You can also send us an email at theghostpodcastrevolution at gmail.com. We are really looking for people to tell their stories of ghosting. I specifically have particular interest of finding people that have ghosted that would be willing to share their stories on our podcast too. So please reach out to us, follow us, subscribe to our podcast, send us some love, and hopefully we can feature your story on an upcoming episode. We'll be back soon with new episodes. So subscribe wherever you are, and we will be back soon with my story.